Dream big for what we can do here. Let's not be small thinkers. Let's take what we have, let's use it to our advantage, let's come together as a group, and let's go do it together. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the All Den Podcast, your look inside the Furman University men's basketball program. This is episode 42. I am Dan Scott, the voice of the Paladins, and as always, head coach Bob Ritchie will be joining us here in just a moment. We are getting closer to playing some actual real live sports here at Furman with the NCAA's recent announcement when college basketball season will start. Games will begin on Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll be talking with Coach Ritchie about that, about what a revamped schedule might look like. All of that is still being worked on as we speak. And, of course, everything is contingent upon COVID-19 protocols and being safe and not having outbreaks and all of those other things that go along with it. But we have some light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to talk with Coach Ritchie about that and several other things in this episode of the All Den Podcast. I'll remind you of a couple of things, as always, before we start. Number one, that the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Shortfields in downtown Traveler's Rest, tremendous supporters of Furman University Athletics, great restaurant, even better people, the menu, the operating hours, it's all available at their website, shortfields.com, shortfields.com, and we thank them for their continued support of Furman Athletics, and in this case specifically, Furman University Basketball. And if you have a question, a comment, someone you would like us to talk with, anything for Coach Bob Ritchie for this podcast, then send it to me via email, dan.scott at furman.edu, dan.scott at furman. As always, we're happy to welcome in the head coach of the Paladins basketball program, Bob Ritchie, joining us. Again, he and I using uh, technology to kind of do this face-to-face through Zoom. Bob, it's good to see you and hear from you again. How are you? Doing good, Dan. Doing good. Uh, We're still, you know, operating a little bit in the life of Zoom, but it's, uh, it's allowing us to have some functionality and, um, you know, at least keep everybody updated on what's going on with the program. Speaking of functionality, um, we've done enough of these shows for me to know, and I think our listeners to know you're a guy who likes to, as they say, plan your work and work your plan. You're, you're very organized in what you do. Uh, and if we've learned one thing about the year 2020, it's that all that organization and all that planning can go out the window and you have to to be flexible and we've talked about this a little bit in, in the past couple of episodes um but the the reason i bring it up now is because everybody wants to know about the the schedule the update and, and there's there's really not a lot to tell them at this moment is there you're everything's still kind of a work in progress yeah, I mean, the last time we did this, we we didn't know quite what the ruling was on the schedule from from you know the NCAA, and since then we've gotten the feedback, which I'm sure a lot of people that follow the program are aware of. That we're going to start on the 25th of November, which is the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, they they reduced the league the game maximum from 31 to 27. If you have an MTE, if you don't have an MTE, which is a multi-team event, uh, which is basically a tournament, if you don't have a multi-team event, then it's 25. And so we're, we're, we're having, you know, it seems really simple, right? Like 
if if the game was in contract after November 25th, you, you keep it and you press play and you move on. If it was before the 25th, you, you delete it and you figure out if you want to pick it up next year or not. Um, unfortunately, I hadn't quite gone like that. <laughs> so um, for whatever reason, for the for the dens, we, we've been deleted on a few that are in December and um, it's caused it's caused some 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 stress that we've got to manage through and figure out. And, and you know, I'm confident that we'll, we'll get a good schedule. But, um, you know, right now uh, with our MTE that we have set with the Myrtle Beach event that's been moved to Orlando, uh, there's still some 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 decisions to be made there. We are committed to going down there. We have no idea who will be playing. Uh, they're telling us it will be three games, which would be, you know, assuming an 18-game league schedule, which we still don't know exactly what the league wants to do at this point. So that's also kind of held some things up. And so, but assuming an 18-game league schedule to get to 27, you need nine more games. That would that would get us three. So now we'd have to get six more. Um, and then some of the contracts, uh, you know, without going into full, full detail, like we've already, the Louisville game is going to be off the table. Um, you know, obviously we're still working with Cincinnati and Alabama with date structures and things like that. We're hoping to be able to keep those two. Um, and then, you know, St. Bonaventure, they've got, they've got quarantining coming back into their state, you know, and so we've got that to work through. That's a home game. So, you know, it, it's a little bit chaotic. I'll be honest with you. And, um, you know, fans, as, you know, just speaking directly to you, I know, I know it's, it's not, it's not any fun to have to sit here and figure this whole thing out and you're waiting and, you know, trust me, it's um, I'd rather be in your shoes than my shoes right now dealing with the schedule. So. Well, you, you know, yeah, I would imagine you probably would. I, I will say this from our standpoint, you know, we're negotiating a brand new radio contract for for all of, of Furman Athletics. And uh, one of the things they want to know is how many games are going to be played? When can we have the schedule and things along those lines? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't give you an answer because we don't have an answer because the conference doesn't have an answer and it goes right on down the line. So I'm probably in a little bit better position than you are because I don't have to make those decisions. But um, it, it, it is kind of a trickle-down effect really for everybody at a, at a school like this at our size. And, Bob, you, I'm sure you've talked to other coaches. We're not the only mid-major that's dealing with this. We're all kind of at the whim of the of the Power 5 schools, aren't we? You know, that's part of it. I think, I think you got TV. I think you got, you know, obviously the multi-team events. I think you've got, you know, the, the power fives and what they want to do. And then you've got leagues that are restructuring a little bit. Um, I, th I think the Mac came out and said they're going to 22. Um, you know, you've got, you've got different leagues that have added a few games. And so now all of a sudden that takes some slots and there's just, there's just a lot of reshuffling. We start practicing 13 days officially and, um, I just want to go coach my team. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to get this done. And I'm personally hoping that we get a few more league games just to eliminate, you know, some of these holes that we got to fill in. I think we can manage the disruptions better within the league. I think testing can be the same in the league. We can have our protocol within the league. It just seems like it would make it to where we don't have to run around in a maze and just hope we get out safe on the other end. We can have a little bit of clarity, but I'm just a ball coach, Dan. I'm not an administrator. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a commissioner for sure. Um, and so I've just got to wait to to find out what the parameters going to be. And then, you know, we're we're committed to the fan base to give you the best schedule we can give you, uh, to get as many home games as we possibly can under the parameters that we've got to get them under, and um, and to be able to get. The, you know, I feel like I feel a huge responsibility to our players and our seniors 
and our fans to get us 27 games scheduled. And, um, you know, unfortunately, everybody in the world doesn't all see it like that right now. Um, but our administration does, I do, right? And a lot of people in college basketball do. And that's what we're fighting for right now is to try to schedule a full deck. And then just like you have to do in all leadership, you got to manage through it. And there's going to be disruptions uh, when they're going to be, how they're going to be. None of us know, uh, but we got to continue to focus on us getting ready to play, us having a schedule, and then we can manage We can manage as needed. Well, again, knowing that, that there's nothing set in stone and a lot of talk still going on on multiple levels, you referenced the fact that you would like to see some league games added. From what you've heard, is that something that's on the table as a Southern Conference considering expanding the schedule from 18 games for, for this one season? I've got no idea. You know, like, I mean, they, they, know, they know all of our different opinions as coaches. And, um, you know, at this point, you know, again, it's kind of out of our hands. And um, we'll just wait until they say, you know, if we're going to stick to the schedule, which I'd be fine with too. Hey, you know what? It's January, February. We don't know what it's going to look like then. Let's just let's just stick as 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 we are. Um, if we've got to put in some buffer dates, if we got to put in some open dates, I, I just I don't know. You know, I know that that for me, um, I need to be really good today at three o'clock when, when I get to be with my team for a couple hours, and uh, I, I'm just trusting that they're they're getting the rest of that thing sorted out. And you know, for our fans that. Um, you know, that, that we're going to have a completed schedule here soon. My my goal would be to, to, to get something together by mid to late October um, that, that we have we have some time to be able to promote it and get excited about it and have some clarity on what's going on. And so uh, we're working on it. We met on it for an hour yesterday as a staff. You know, it's 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 something I talked to my AD about it last night, you know, as, as it, late in the night, you know, just like we're, we're committed and we're working. Uh, we just it's going to take a little bit more time. So just just asking for a little bit of patience and, um, you know, just just let us work through it and just just understand as we as we tie it all together, uh, we're putting our best effort forward to get us a 27 game schedule. How many times a week do you get asked about the schedule? Uh, it's not a week. It's, it'd be a better question to ask me how many times a day. Well, I was going to do that, but I thought the, 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 the week might be a, a much larger number. But OK, how many times a day do you get asked about the schedule? Uh, Ten would be minimum. 10 would be minimum. If I have to include text messages, it's probably closer to 20, 25. But, um, you know, it's it's a hot topic right now. And it's something that, you know, when you have, to be honest with you, Dan, when you have as much returning as we do, um, and, and obviously winning 20 games plus the last four years, I don't think any of that helps. And, um, you know, I think when people can find kind of an angle or a crack that, hey, the date doesn't work, or we got this, or we got that, that's what's hurting us. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's losing some games that, that is hurting us, but we're fighting like heck and uh, we're going to keep fighting and uh, we're going to be ready to play. While I know getting asked the same question, especially when there's not an answer over and over has a high aggravation level at the same time, if you look at it from the glass half full standpoint, it's a much better problem to have than nobody in your fan base asking you about it. Because there was a time here, as you and I both know, that there was a lot of apathy surrounding this program. And, you know, thankfully that's not the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, they say in our business that, that you always have problems. Okay. You're always going to have things to solve. And when you're really good, you have scheduling problems. And when you're really bad, you have recruiting problems. And um, I'd much rather have scheduling problems. And so, you know, we've, uh, we've, we're doing a heck of a job in recruiting right now. The staff's absolutely killing it. And, um, you know, it's, it's been fun to kind of 
watch the, the, the fruit of that labor and, and, and how well that's going and the, the story and the messaging and, you know, us really trying to find people that have an affinity to our product and get, getting people that align with the process of which we do it. That's been enjoyable. That's been fun. Uh, the scheduling stuff, it's, um, it's, it's not a whole lot of fun, but you know, the games are, and, and, you know, once we get out there, it's all worth it. And so we're not complaining by any means. We just got to get it done and we got to chew through it. And, um, you know, we just, we just want to get really good games. We want to get great opponents to Timmins arena, to, to the well, to Greenville, and, um, just, just have an exciting product of basketball and, um, to get some, get some games that everybody be excited to come see. Uh, anybody who has listened to this podcast since its inception knows scheduling is not your favorite part of this job anyway. And, and now you add this on top of it. We, we can, we can see why uh, it, it adds to the stress level a bit, but again, glass half full as, as we talked about, it's a good problem to have. This is episode 42 of the all den podcast with head coach, Bob Ritchie. I'm Dan Scott. You and I didn't talk about this prior, so uh, if if it's not something you can talk about, uh, we can we can shoot it down and edit it out for for if we have to. But um, are you at liberty to to kind of give us a little bit of a snapshot of of what the the testing protocols are and and what the the team goes through and how much of a bubble you're in? Just what day to day life is like to keep this team together and healthy right now? Yeah, so like we we obviously are doing testing. Uh, we've had a couple times where everybody's gotten tested, you know, staff, players, everybody, and um, and then we've also mixed in what they call surveillance testing, where they basically take a snapshot of your team and they grab four or five people within the program um, and they test those guys. And you know, it, it could it could be it's random and it's just to kind of see, um, just give us give us a sample size of what the positive rate is around the athletic department and. Um, you know, so far, I guess we've been back at it for 10 weeks now. We've had we've had zero positives, and um, I'm thankful for that. I think our guys have done a tremendous job of, of working through this and, and being disciplined in this. And, you know, we've talked about a lot, of, a lot through this. We've talked about sacrifice, and, you know, we try to use it as an opportunity to teach what sacrifice is. And, you know, a lot of people look at sacrifices that you're – you're giving up something, right? And and we try to look at it that we're we're actually giving to something, right? Like sacrifice is giving giving to a cause, right? And and you might you might feel like that it's less at the time, um, but at the end of the day, we don't want to look at it as hey, this is worse, or we're not being able to do what we need to do. We're sacrificing so that we're able to be able to do what we want to do, right? And and I think having that attitude and that mentality through this that there are some certain things that we've had to avoid and, and that we've had to stay tight with. And our guys have done a tremendous job with it. Uh, but, you know, we also want to live a little bit and, and we want to be able to enjoy each other and we want to be able to play the game we love and spend some time with each other. And so, you know, I know the guys have spent a lot of time with each other on the weekends and I think that's been really good. Um, they haven't really been able to go home except, you know, family situations. Um, and so they've, they've had to obviously do that. We've done all our meals to go in the dining hall uh, the dining hall facility has done a great job of serving our students and our players and making sure that's been safe and responsible. Uh, but really, to be honest, it's been a lot of basketball. It's been a lot of school. Um, it's been a lot of time connecting with their teammates and something they weren't able to do for five months. And so, you know, making some of that time up has been good. We took the week off last week from basketball activity. I thought, you know, we got in about a seven week period of what we typically do in the summer when we get eight. And, you know, we've had to condense it a little bit 
but we try to keep that model of, of skill development and, and shots and, and play and not, you know, make it feel quite like practice, but do what we typically do in the summer to develop players. So we gave them the week off last week from that um, as we bumped up to 12 hours this week. And, you know, we did a couple of good things. We, we had, um, we watched a movie one day, we got some popcorn and, and uh, you know, we were socially distant. We had our mask on and we were in, we were in a big space where we could spread out. Um, but we watched the movie Unbroken and um, which is an incredible story and uh, just a resiliency and, you know, just, just being able to endure, being able to, being able to, you know, to see obviously hard moments and, and, you know, a, a true story of victory and resiliency, which was, which was cool. We got to discuss that and, you know, opened up some deeper conversation there. And we also brought in Drew Brandon and, um, you know, he does a lot with, uh, performance psychology with our program and um, you know we had a zoom meeting with him part of our further demand program and you know we just we've, we're constantly just trying to figure out we also did our, our you know we, we we did some further demand stuff last week where we're just kind of focusing on getting away from the court a little bit which I think in this time Dan you got to you know mm -hmm. we, we all got to fight for perspective every single day and you know bad news is coming at us 100 miles an hour you know, and, and you can, you, any, 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 any angle, any chance, just get on social media, just turn on the TV, you can find it. And um, we're trying to, we're trying to really, we're trying to really compete and give the best effort we can. We're trying to make sure that, that, you know, our hearts and our minds understand like what's the greater purpose in this and how can we, how can we endure these times? Um, but at the same time, you know, like, like we're at Furman, like we're in Greenville, you know, and, and we've got great medical staff and we've got great doctors and, um, you know, we got a lot of good around us and, and embracing some of that good and, and trying to march forward. I've just been I've been very proud of, of the mentality that our team's had through it. Well, it, it speaks highly not only of your team, but what we have seen campus wide from the student athletes here at Furman. And, and I speak mostly about that because I don't interact so much with the student body at large. But the the number of tests that we've had among student athletes and the the lack of positive tests coming out of that uh, since the the very beginning is just remarkable. And what it speaks to is just what you talked about: sacrifice and self discipline. Because we have seen examples um, all around the country on college campuses and even in the professional ranks where that discipline hasn't been, been there and, and the havoc that it's wreaked inside those locker rooms. So it, it really speaks to, to the, the, uh, the mindset, I, I guess, uh, of, of your kids, of your program and, and the athletic department as a whole. And you know what, like, I think that is definitely a big piece of it. And some of it's probably, you know, luck and chance, right? Like, like, I mean, you can get this thing anywhere, you know, and there's a lot of people that have gotten it and don't know exactly where they've gotten it from. Um, and, and that could easily happen to us, but so far it's just regardless of COVID, regardless of all that, like just, just our approach, our mentality has, has been, has been fun. And, um, you know, I wish we didn't have all these restrictions and some of our boosters and fans that usually come and check out some practice. I wish they were able to, and just kind of see it. It's just, it's um, they're focused. It's a focused group right now. And uh, they're, they're working hard to get better. Our strength coach, Matt Aldridge, has just done an incredible job with them, um, you know, just with their bodies in this 10 week span and just seeing how some of their bodies have changed and, you know, how we're eating and the nutrition and just the different things that we're doing there. Um, it's, it's, it's been neat. And um, I'm confident that we're growing. I'm confident that we're developing uh, not just as players, but also as people. And um, that's where we want to keep the focus right now. 
episode 42, All Den Podcast with head coach Bob Ritchie. You referenced a moment ago uh, that uh, this week, as we were recording this, you were uh, allowed by the NCAA to bump up your activity to 12 hours. So so what does that allow you to do that you weren't able to do in, in the past uh, seven or eight weeks? Yeah, so this is this is uncharted waters for all of us. We've never had 12 hours of activity. It's always been eight in the offseason, 20 in the regular season. Okay, so there's never been this this intermediate, you know, of 12 hours. And so, you know, we're going to have this until October 14th, which is two weeks from yesterday. And, um, you know, it's it's for me, it's it's kind of a it's kind of, you know, you got to kind of ride, ride the wave a little bit. Like I think there's temptation to go out there and, and feel like you got to use all 12 and, you know, make this thing feel like practice. Um, and, and trust me, we want to like like we all say, you know, we want to be deliberate in our improvement now. And we want to have an urgency to get better. Uh, but I still think this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. You know, and I think I think trying to find that balance of like I don't I, I believe in the the sacredness of the first day of practice. I've always believed in that. You know, I, I've just always believed that there's a certain energy that comes with that day that you want to protect. And you just don't want certain things to get in the way of that. And so we're, we're kind of trying to blend a little bit like we, we've kept our model and then we just stretched it. So. We still give them the weekends off Saturday and Sunday. We don't want to touch those in the off season. Um, and, and basically how we were doing the summer was, you know, two, two full days committed totally to skill work, committed totally to the individual. And then three days where we, we commit totally to playing through our concepts and allowing these guys to work themselves back into shape. Like we talked about, we, we play a very um, decision oriented offense. And so, you know, it's not a, it's not as much of a break it down two on two type deal. I mean, there's at some point you got to go play. And so we've got to play. And so we've, we've kind of done that. And so with this, we just took four hours and just kind of stretched that out a little bit. Okay. So um, we put in some teaching time into it, some walkthrough install video work that, that we've committed about two hours of that too, where it's just more of a teaching environment. Um, we've, we've continued to play. And then we've added skill every day, which is what we typically do when, once we get to practice is just having that 30 minute block of, you know, shooting, dribbling, cutting, passing, all that. And um, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, like we're getting up and down for an hour. And, um, you know, it's 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 obviously after install. I mean, we've we've installed a tunnel Monday. We installed some more yesterday. And then now, you know, they played Tuesday. They're going to play today. So today they'll have 30 minutes of film. They'll have 30 minutes of skill and then they'll compete for an hour. And that will be how we'll use that block. And, um, you know, we're not going to go down there and, to, and, and do any crazy drills today. Like we just wanted to, you know, get it on film, be able to watch it, be able to let them process, let them make some good decisions, let them make some bad decisions, teach on that tomorrow, do some more skill, play again, close the weekend out. And, um, and, and we've got all our analytics going, the support staff's doing a great job of that and all the individual efficiencies and the team efficiencies and, you know, we've got some decisions to make. I mean, goodness, do we? I mean, it's it's going to be it, it's going to be very intensive on on some of the decisions that we have to make. And um, we are committed to playing another guy or two and getting getting a little bit more real depth. But we've got more guys competing for that depth than we we've, we've had in, in, in really my time here as head coach. And so um, we're, we're trying to give the, them as much opportunity you know, to create that daily message of what they want to represent and what they want to be about and, um, you know, try to bring some clarity to those tough decisions. But again, it's a great problem to have 
because you're you're getting that kind of competition in practice for what will be some limited spots, limited minutes that are available once the games start, and that can only serve to make you better. That's right. I mean, that's that's the whole right. Iron sharpens iron, and um, you know, you just you want to. That's the best part about building a program and getting good. That man, it minutes become harder. You know, like like wins go up, but minutes become harder, and it becomes harder to get. And so now guys have to work harder, and they got to study harder, and they got to, you know, their knowledge and their effort and their mental toughness, and like just being able to show up every single day, it it gets tougher. And um, you know, spots aren't as solidified. And so we do a deal here, Dan. We uh, we call it the PBR. We've done it ever since I was a head coach here, and it's it's the player value ranking, and it's it's really you know like like we've talked about before, we do love analytics, but there's still, you know, I, I like to say that we have a combination of man and machine, right? Like that we mm-hmm. do depend on the numbers, but we never want to lose sight of what the eye tells us and what the gut tells us. And so this is a practice we've done for three years and every, every single staff member gets a ranking. And so they rank it basically all and the, and the only measurement is how are they affecting winning, right? What's what, what is their value to winning right now? And, and then they rank it right now, one through 14. And then, and then I see all that. And then I take the average of that. And then I, I, I rank the average of all the staff's votes. And then we show that to the program, but they don't know, they never know what coach said, what about them? They just see, they just see the, the tally of that and the average of that. And, um, and I showed it to the team, you know, in, in our individual meetings, I met with every player individually last week during the off week. And I just showed them, I said, you know, right here between five and six, all right, the gap is 19 points. And that's that's a pretty big gap in the PBR. So from five to six, it's a 19 point gap, okay? From six to 11, it was a 23 point gap, okay? So the difference from five to six is basically almost the same as the difference from six to 11. So the guy that's 11 today could be our sixth man November 25th. And the guy that was six on that PBR last week could potentially be redshirting in a month and a half, right? Like it's going to be so, it's going to be so competitive from that six to 11 and possibly even 12 really um, that we're going to have to really figure out the best way, you know, to find the person that's really just going to, you know, show up every single day, be consistent, take pride in playing Furman basketball, right? I think that's going to be a big part of it. When you've got some of the players that we have one through five, it's not about finding a guy that can go out there and get 20. I mean, we got, we're going to start five that, that could go out there and get 20 on a given night. And, um, you know, it's going to be about finding people that really will embrace that role and um, playing the style of ball that we've got to play, that we're committed to, doing it with a great attitude, doing it with a smile on your face, being able to bring some energy every day and um, being a great teammate. I think that's what that's what some of these decisions are going to come down to. How do the players react when, when you show them that that ranking? You know what? I mean, uh, for, for our culture, just trying to be as transparent, as truthful as we can, they just know the drill. Like they know that we're going to hit them direct and we're, we're going to always show them the truth and then we're going to give them a path. Right. Like I think that's the critical piece is, is, you know, that you don't just drop the truth on them, but that you give them a path and, mm-hmm. and you give them a way to say, hey, this is this is what this could be if you do this, this and this. This is what you got to focus on. And. You know, I, I think that self-awareness, right? Like like us as leaders, I think players crave leaders telling them the truth, right? But then also giving them a path of how they can improve themselves and then them having the onus to go out there and do it. So 
you know, it's 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 good. Um, you know, a couple of times a year, Dan, we'll even let leadership council do the same practice. And it's always really interesting that there's not much difference. You know, it, it's 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 just being able to accept it, you mm-hmm. know, and getting players to accept that. I would rather our program know right now the snapshot of where we are in the 10th man, know he's 10th as opposed to me having six guys thinking they're sixth. Right. And, mm-hmm. and me just trying to create this idea that everybody's in great shape. I think that's when the disappointment sets in. Right. I think that's when the role definition becomes harder when, when the staff has this secretive or, you know, we're afraid to tell them exactly what's going on. And then all of a sudden they find out the week before the first game and they've been thinking they're in the hunt. And then they find out, like, I think that's where trust is broken. Cause they're like, why didn't you tell me this a month ago when I could have done something about it. And, um, and so we try to do it the other way. We, we have PBRs, you know, four or five times a year. And um, that way they at least know exactly where they are. And we try to limit those surprises. I asked this semi tongue in cheek. Is there a CVR? Do the, do the players ever get to do the same type of rating for the coaching staff? Only after they've exhausted all eligibility. <laughs> Exit interview. It's what it's called, right? I, I do. I actually do that with our seniors. And, um, I, I let them, I, I do it a little bit differently. Mm. I, I give them a hypothetical amount of money and I ask them to pay the staff with the money. And, um, you know, what, and, and that just shows like in your four years, where did you see the value? And then I ask them to justify that, you know, explain why. And it's a cool practice. You know, it gives us a lot of good feedback and um, you find out what players value in coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, you find out like what, what, what is it, what is a good coach in their mind? You know, and, and I think now, again, you've got information, right? And I think that's the key to all this. Do we have all of us on both sides? Do we have proper perspectives on right. where we currently stand and um, give us an opportunity to make that improvement? Do you always get the most money allotted to you as the head coach? No, I don't think so. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, you know what? Like, it, it's funny on that particular exercise – I leave myself off because most of the exit interview is, is, is me asking them, what can I do better? Mm -hmm. What did, what, what did you like? What'd you not like? How can I be a better leader? How can I be a better coach? So I don't put them in that odd position where they've got to put me in there. I just do it for the rest of the staff. And, um, it's, it's been a pretty cool exercise. It's, it's, it's gotten us a lot of good things that, that help us get better around here. Yeah. I mean, if you get honest feedback, it can only help you, right? Man. I mean, I, I've, during the quarantine time, I've got a, well, I guess we're on, we're on video. It won't help there. This is going to be on audio, but I've got notebooks from all three years and I just, I keep everything in it chronologically. And it could be, I mean, it could be my scouting notes. It could be recruiting notes. It could be a podcast notes. It could be um, church service notes and it just goes chronologically. And so it's kind of my life in these notebooks and over some of the quarantine time, I've been going through the notebooks and typing out stuff I want to keep and organizing it. So I have quicker access to it and just kind of eliminating some of the fluff of it. And in one of my notebooks, you know, at the front of them, I would write down the five or seven or eight things, whatever, that these were the most valuable things in this notebook. And one of my notebooks that I was typing through a couple of weeks ago was the senior exit interviews from my first season. And Dan, when I tell you, I mean, I'm, gold on gold on gold you know it was like the stuff that they gave me and 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 how real they were with me and the things that jeff bean said and daniel and john davis and and devin sibley i mean i typed all that stuff out right and i and i kept it and i look at it and you just 
you can still see some of some of the DNA of the program that was that was developing through some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't think I think the greatest gift any of us can give anybody is the truth. Right. And I think one of the greatest resources we can all put in our life is truth tellers. And um, and I certainly put them in my life, you know, because you got to have them. We all have blind spots. We all we all over evaluate ourselves at times. And, um, you know, but yeah, I was, I was, I was reading that Dan and I was like, man, look at this. This is, this is good. I mean, this is really good stuff. So we definitely keep that information and, um, we try to make sure that we're aware of all that. Sounds like the makings for a book someday. I mean, I don't know. We gotta, we gotta, um, we got a lot more to get done before that. Bob Ritchie with us on episode 42 of the All Den Podcast. Uh, Bob, as we get into wrap-up mode here, any any player updates that, that you'd like to share with us with what you've seen up to this point? I know we've touched on it briefly in the last couple of episodes. What else can you share? You know, all the guys are doing some good things. Um, I've been really pleased with – Alex Hunter's aggression coming out of the gate. I've been really, I've been really pleased with just how he's a little bit more of attack mode. And, um, you know, I think, I think overall, like we're shooting the ball really well right now as a team, we've really made some jumps with a couple guys with our ability to shoot the ball. And I'm hoping that sticks. I'm hoping that stays. We, we cleaned up some of our shooting, um, in, in how we teach it and how we drill it in this off season. And so I've been pleased with how we're shooting the ball. Um, Alex is shooting the absolute cover off the ball. And um, playing with a ton of confidence. So I've been pleased with that. You know, Jalen Slauson, you know, in terms of the efficiency reports so far through these first, you know, seven weeks, Alex and Jalen Slauson have actually been the top two um, in terms of the cumulative ranking of what we've been doing. And and, and then, to be honest with you, we, we stat wins. They've also been the top two at the in the win column as well. And, 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 and I warn everybody as you listen to this, I mean, this is like, I mean, this is like on a, if you're, if you're on a football drive, I mean, the ball, the ball's at the 20, you know, and we got 80 yards to go, you know, like we got a long way to go. Um, we, we still don't have a lot of install in. We haven't really been guarding a whole lot, you know, in terms of like, we've been playing hard, but we haven't, we haven't gotten into rotations and ball screen coverages and things like that. So there's a long, long way to go, but we all know what Clay can do. We all know what Noah can do Two all conference players. And then, and then we saw what Mike was doing, you know, late in the year, you know, if, if Alex and Slauson can continue that, um, man, you got, you got, you, it's just going to be heck to try to figure out like who's going to be the go-to gown that night. Um, Noah, Noah's been really, Noah's really turned it up in these last three weeks. He, he's, he's, he's gone to another level, which has been neat to see his, I thought Tuesday, you know, his, his emotional neutrality was incredible. You know, I just thought like he just played with a great presence to him and um, you know, he's really been trying to grow there. He's been trying to be a little bit more just, just emotionally stable, you know, and just, just go regardless if it's good, regardless if it's bad, just keep trying to play the game the right way. And he's, he's been really leading. He's, he's been doing some good stuff there. Clay Mounts. I mean, Clay is, Clay's been shooting the heck out of the ball too. Um, I've challenged him, like I've talked about on here. I, I want him to to, to have a, have more of a trigger, you know. Like I, I want him to, you know, you're six seven, bud. Like if you can see that orange circle up there, and and, and you, I, I want you to shoot it, and and I want you to kind of have that mentality that we saw with Jordan, you know, Clay and Alex are big time shooters, and and they've got, I mean, they're shooting the absolute cover off of it, and they got to hunt great ones, and we got to get the shots that we want. Um, but I don't want I don't want them passing those shots up. I think they've got to 
you know, Jordan was a guy that could get six to eight three point attempts up a game. We've got to we've got to replace that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's got to be great shots. Uh, but those two guys are capable of doing that. So there, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot with those five. I could talk all day about it. Mike Bothwell. I mean, some days you just walk out of there like, man, how good is this guy? You know, I mean, just just six three body looks great shooting the ball good. Um, and then the depth, you know, I hesitate to mention anybody, you know, depth wise right now, because to be quite honest with you, it's just, it's like the stock market, you know, it's just kind of up, down all around. And, um, you know, we just, we just, there's some days where some of them look great and there's some days that, uh, looks like they, they went to bed at 4am and rolled into practice, you know, and, and just, it's, it's just, it's just being young, you know, at at those particular spots and, and working through it. But before we go, I want to circle back to Noah Gurley for a second, and, and you talked about trying to get him to play on more of, a, of an even kill. That's got to be a fine line to walk because he, he is an emotional guy. He, he's the one guy in, in the last couple of years, if, if you use the term, plays with an edge. I, I think he would qualify for that, and, and that's part of his makeup. So how, how do you walk that line? You don't want him to lose that edge, quote-unquote, but you also don't want him to do things that are going to cause him problems with technical fouls and some of the other things we've seen on occasion. How do you, how do you get him into that, that balancing act that you're looking for? Yeah. So what we, the, the, the phraseology we've used with him is we want to play with emotion. Okay. That's important to me. Like I, I think energy, emotion, you know, I think that's what makes the game fun. That's what makes the game exciting. We don't want to play emotional. Okay. And, and really understanding the, the difference of the two, right? Like, we want to play with emotion, right? We want to play in a way that, that brings out some good emotion. We don't want our, to be emotional to the point where that's dictating how we play, right? Like, and I think that's the balance. We don't want a stoic team. You know, I don't want a team that just, you know, doesn't, you know, the, 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 I think that's why Timmons Arena has gotten fun. You know, I think people draw to the energy and to the Mm -hmm. excitement that our guys play with. And, you know, the foot stomping and the chest bumping and the running around and, Sloss and dunking and getting the crowd into it. Like that's part of why we all like sports. We got to be able to celebrate, but at the same time, we don't want those to control us. We, we still got to go down there and get a stop. We still got to go down there and get in a stance and get another deflection and play the game the right way. And I think, I think avoiding playing emotional on the positive or the negative side of it, you know, I think that's dangerous. And so, you know, it's, it's just like you, you, you're sitting here as a fan. I could see him thinking, well, you know, we don't want to play Stoke, but what about Matt Rafferty? Well, if you go back and you watch at Loyola, you know, and, and, and Matt Rafferty gets that and one in transition late in the game. I mean, he's beating his chest and he's in the huddle like he's 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 excited. You know, he got excited in a different way. But Matt played with emotion, too. Um, and, and, and that's important. Like if you could hear the huddles. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's there's we we are better when we play with emotion. We, but we're not as good when we play emotional. And, and I think which one leads the other. Right. Does. Does, does the way we play added with good emotion? Yes, that's how we want to do it. We don't want all of our emotions to be dictating how we play. And I think that's the danger, and I think that's the balance. It's almost, and if if, if I'm comprehending this correctly, it's almost the difference between act and react. Because if you're, if, you're, if you're emotional, you're reacting to circumstances instead of acting and kind of dictating the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, when I say the other day that he played with great emotional stability, like – I just didn't, it's more so, can we avoid negativity? Can we, can we operate in that neutrality of thought of like, yes, maybe we are frustrated, but, but we've got to stay neutral. We've got to avoid negativity 
And then, yes, when positive things take place, we want to celebrate those. Um, but I think like, like, yeah, I mean, he, like he came in the huddle the other day. I mean, we were up five zero and the other team caught a timeout and there was a couple of guys that, that kind of just had blank faces on. He's like, Hey, what, what's going on here? We're up five zero. Like get yourself up. Let's go. Like, let's, let's go make it 10 zero. You know, like I won't know how to do that all day long. Right. You know, and I, I want him to play with that edge and that, that like, we want to be excellent competitors, you know, like that's critical to what we do. Um, we don't want to be, we don't want to be just straight faced out there. We just, we just don't want to let, negative emotions create this state of mind that everything becomes hard and now all of a sudden that burden is going across the organization we got to fight that as coaches we got to fight that as players we've got to be able to continue to create energy regardless of what that scoreboard says and and i think that's a i think that's a discipline i think that's incredibly hard but i think the greatest teams do it well it's going to be fun to watch it all come together when we can finally watch it all come together and, and by the time we get to our next episode in a couple of weeks hopefully we'll have uh, a, a bit more clarity uh, on when that's going to happen, but uh, we'll also be bearing down on that first official day of practice. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, October 14th and um, it's going to be here upon us here soon. So um, just, just, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to have a schedule. we got a great team. we got a great product. Administration's doing great things and um, we're going to get there. So hang tight, enjoy it. And um, we'll be playing ball before we know it. All right, Bob. Thanks. All right. And there you go, episode 42 of the All Den Podcast in the books. As always, our thanks to head coach Bob Ritchie for uh, his time and, and his transparency and, and everything else. Uh, just great, great stuff, and we look forward to doing another episode again in a couple of weeks. Again, a reminder that the podcast brought to you by Shortfields and Downtown Travelers Rest, shortfields.com for the menu and the operating hours. And if you have any questions, comments, or criticisms, whatever, send them to me, dan.scott at furman.edu. We will see you again next time. Until then, for Bob Ritchie and all of us with Furman Basketball, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you so long, everybody, and thank you for being all Den.